This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. Hebrews, chapter number 12. We will go for our text today as we are in a series that we're in our fourth week of this particular series that we've been teaching And what we're calling this series is, what would they say? What would they say? Well, who is the they? Well, it's actually those that have gone before us in Scripture that lived by faith. They're found in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith. Such a wonderful list of men and women that honored God with their lifestyle And they tapped into a source greater than themselves, a source called faith. And I just believe that they would like to have a word with us today to encourage us to keep going, to keep living a righteous life, to keep honoring God with a godly lifestyle, a holy lifestyle. And every now and then you just need to learn from someone that's been there and done that. Can I get an amen? amen. There's, there's really two ways of learning, isn't there? You can learn it on your own and go through the heartache and the headache of trying to learn something. Or you could yield yourself and submit yourself to the advice of others that have been there already and that have succeeded in their endeavor. Well, we started this series out by talking about Noah and allowing Noah to speak into our lives and then on Mother's Day, we, we listened to words of encouragement to all of us from uh, a beautiful lady in Scripture by the name of Sarah. And then last week, by far, I just had such a wonderful time preaching on the life of Jacob last Sunday. And today we just move even further and we're going to be having some conversation and learning a little bit of, of insight on living for God from a prophet by the name of Elisha. Elisha. Not to be confused with Elijah, but this is Elisha. He was the student of Elijah. And, and today I'm getting to preach on graduation uh, Sunday, and I haven't preached a graduation service in many years. And I'm so excited to be able to share this message with you today and let it apply across the board And here's my subtopic today in this series. Here's our title for this morning. Give your best wherever you are. Give your best wherever you are. This message this morning is for anyone that just wonders if where you are right now is ever going to lead you into something better. Whatever choices you made to get into the area of life that you're currently in, there's probably been a time that you've just wondered if you're ever going to advance into anything better. Whether it be your marriage is going to improve or your, or your finances are going to improve or your health is going to improve your relationship with your family, your children, or your parents are going to improve. You're just wondering, is, is this job ever going to get better? Well, I believe that 
there's some words that Elisha would like to tell us. And, and one of which would be, well, just give your best right where you are. Because that's going to be the secret that opens up to something better. Let's talk about Elisha for a moment just to kind of give you a backdrop of who he is and where we find him in Scripture. And then if you would like, you could turn to 1 Kings 19 and that's where we're going to jump off into this study on Elisha today. But let me remind you of who this guy is and where we find him in Scripture. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that to, to, to not take this so seriously today and don't be offended by this, by this opening illustration because Elisha, we find Elisha in a situation that really reminds you of where you've been before. We find him with his hands on a plow, walking behind two big oxen, and that's all he sees is the backside of a couple oxen for hours and hours and hours and hours a day. And, and don't play too religious with me because some of y'all feel like that's your job. Is that's all you do is stand behind a plow and look at the backside of problems all day long. And, and Elisha even, that, that, was his, that was his viewpoint in life. His angle of life was he has these two big oxen. And of course, we know what happens walking behind oxen all day long. You get to smell oxen. You get to walk where oxen have relieved themselves. And again, don't think this is silly because that sounds like a whole bunch of jobs that a lot of people are in. And uh, you just wonder to yourself, am I ever going to have a path that's not messy? Am I ever going to be in an environment that's not smelly? Am I ever going to get relief from where I am? Is what I'm doing ever going to lead me to somewhere better? Well, Elisha has something to teach us. And it starts out like this. Give your best wherever you are. So where, where would that apply? This is found in your sermon notes on our church app, Calvary FTW, if you don't have that on your smart device. You'll see right out of the chute, Elisha would tell us, give your best in obscurity. Give your best in obscurity and God will reward it. First Kings 19 in verse number 19, Elijah, the teacher, Elijah went and found Elisha plowing a field. Nothing glamorous about plowing a field. And there he had 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah just walks over to Elisha and he threw his cloak across his shoulders and then he just walked away. You got to do your best even when you think that it's not mattering whatsoever. Keep plowing. Keep working. When it seems like no one's watching, when it seems like nothing's paying off, when it seems like nothing's working out, keep on keeping on. Can I get an amen somebody? Keep on keeping on. Let me give you the secret to the extraordinary. The secret to the extraordinary is being your best in the ordinary. If you'll keep showing up, if you'll keep 
loving, if you'll keep extending grace, if you'll keep trying. Oh, but Pastor Tommy, I'm tired of forgiving. I keep on forgiving. I keep on forgiving. Keep on keeping on because being your best in the ordinary will unlock the door to the extraordinary in your life. I have so many testimonies in this church that I could share with you of, of relationships that, that, that I, I wasn't sure if they would survive. I wasn't sure if they were going to make it. But, but time after time, grace was given between a man and a woman. Forgiveness was offered between a man and a woman. And then one day, one day, restoration came and 20 years later, they will tell you, we are so glad that we did not give up in the work that was, in, that was required and involved in making this marriage last. So many people I think about that wanted to walk away from their job. I've met with them. Pastor Tommy, I'm really thinking it's my time. I think I've hit a ceiling there. And before you know it, though, they just went back next week. And then they went back next week. And then they showed up the following week. And out of nowhere, the phone rang and the promotion was given. Ladies and gentlemen, Elisha wants to tell us on this Sunday and this final Sunday of the month of this series, what would they say? If Elisha could tell us anything, that would be give your best wherever you are because where you are is not going to be a dead-end road. It will only be a dead-end road if you make it a U-turn and turn around and leave. God's got you in a place. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on. He just wants to see you persevere. Someone say persevere. Because this is what our text for the whole month says. Our text for the entire month is, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12 and 1, let us throw off everything that hinders, let us throw off the sin that entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. If there's anything that we need a good dose of, it's keep on keeping on. Don't throw in the towel one, one session away from your miracle. Don't walk out on that relationship when you're just one more counseling session away from restoration. Keep on keeping on. This is what Matthew chapter 6 says. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Someone say amen this morning. I think Elisha would also tell us not to just give our best in obscurity, but give your best in the small things and God will give you bigger things to do. Back to our story. So Elijah throws his cloak over Elisha and he leaves. And Miss Betty Lee, it wasn't too long that we find Elisha having to make a decision on what was his next step. Was he going to just keep plowing and, 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 and just, just keep working to make a living? Elisha was someone of great resource. He had 12 team of oxen in the field. 
It wasn't like he was hurting financially. So what he chose to do is something that every single one of us at some point in our lives will have to do if we're going to get ahead, if we're going to get further into this relationship with God. Elisha, 1 Kings 19 and verse 21 says, he went and, and literally took his oxen, slaughtered them, took the very plow that the oxen were pulling and, and used it as wood for a sacrifice. And Elisha literally gave as an offering the very thing that was his source of provision. He gave it unto God, burned the oxen on the very wood of the plow, Monty. Fascinating story, but it's not over there because the Bible says that then Elisha went to serve Elijah as an assistant. Here's our modern day take on this. This guy took a huge pay cut. This guy took a demotion. He chose to become less than to get ahead later on. Bishop Ron for years has preached and taught and has just imparted this to this church and especially to me as a spiritual son in the gospel. And that is work hard on the front end. Y'all have heard him say it, right? Work hard on the front end, play on the back end. Guess what Elisha said? Elisha said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after this vision. I'm going to go after this promise. I'm going to go after this dream, even if it requires me having to serve. Why is that? Because everything changes when you become a servant. You got to be faithful over the little things if you're ever going to be given larger things. Here's, here's another take on scripture. Luke 16 and 10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. But whoever's dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't wait to preach this in the 11 o'clock service to our graduates. But let me just preach it to you and and I just pray that you receive it in the name of the Lord if you're praying and asking God for more my question to you as a pastor is is God able to trust you with what you already have well pastor Tommy you need to pray for me you need to pray for me I'm believing God for a bigger and better car have you changed the oil in the one you got My car, I need a better running car. Well, what's wrong with yours? Well, it's kind of, you know, this and that. Who brought that opponent? Well, you know, if it's a 1993 model, we got a problem and we need to fix it. But if that sucker's in decent shape, but yet you, 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 you are the issue. Why would God want to pour his best blessing on you that you can't even handle what you've already got? Can I get personal with you today? It's like sister, my friend, sister Dorothy Patton is here this morning and, and she was here yesterday and uh, witnessed a wedding that I was officiating here yesterday evening. And when the wedding was over, she came and found me and she said, my goodness, Pastor Tommy, you just, in that wedding, you just brought it home right where we live. I don't think there's a, an, an option. 
If we're going to be having a message this morning, it needs to apply right where we live. Someone say, I receive it. Well, if we're praying and believing God for greater income, my question is, can God trust you to honor him with the one you have? Well, I, I, I promise you, Lord, if you'll give us a 10% increase as a family, I promise you I'll be a good tither. And God is asking this morning, well, if you can't tithe on what you have now, what would make you tithe on a future blessing? It kind of goes this way. Lord, if you'll bring me out of this storm, I promise you that I'll worship you. And God's thinking, well, worship is your way out of the storm. If you won't worship me now, why would you worship when things are perfect? Have you ever noticed how we do, we, we as humans, our human nature, we've got this thing so backwards. When things are going great, God's on the back, back shelf in the back seat. When things are going rough, boy, all of a sudden we get religious. Have you ever noticed that? We pray before things get tough. We worship before things get tight. We give with an expectation that God, I want you to know that I'm going to honor you now with what I have and where I am. I'm going to give my best where I'm at because God, I want you to know you can trust me. You can trust me. And Elisha said, you know what? If I'm going to, if I'm going to ever enter into this greater dimension in God, if I'm ever going to have the relationship with God that my teacher, Elijah, has, then what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to give my best when nobody's looking. And I'm also going to have to give my best when it seems like it's meaningless. Because if he can trust me when nobody's looking, and if he can trust me to give my best when it seems like it's just a little minor job, then I got a feeling I'm about to walk into something bigger and better. Somebody say amen today. Elisha would also tell us this. Give your best in the natural and God will do the supernatural. Back to our story. So Elijah threw his cloak over him and then Speed the story up. Elisha went and found him and said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to serve. And then the time came, Miss Becky Crewe, the time came that Elijah would be caught up to be with the Lord. And Elijah turns to him. This is found in 2 Kings chapter number 2. Elijah turns to his student, Elisha, and he says, before I leave, is there anything at all that I can do for you? And Elisha maximized all that he could do in the natural. It's not our responsibility to handle the supernatural. It's our responsibility to steward over and maximize the natural and Elijah said, is there anything I can do for you? And Elisha said, let me have double your anointing. All he could do was ask. Ask. 
Who qualifies to ask God for anything? You. Every single one of us qualify to ask. John chapter number 14 says, Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. They're even going to do greater things than these because I'm going to my Father. Listen, everybody. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Just ask. Somebody help me preach this morning. We have not because we ask not. The weight of the supernatural is not on me. The weight of the supernatural is not on you. God basically makes it so simple. If you'll do everything you can do, I'll do what you can't do. Well, what, 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 do, what can I do? Ask me. Ask me for what? Anything you want. Will you be so bold in your faith to ask me? I'm not asking you to manifest what you're wanting. I'm asking you to have enough faith and confidence to ask me for it. How many of you have ever seen this happen in our natural lives? Have you ever been bouncing off a problem with someone and that someone that loved you and cared for you said these words to you? Well, why didn't you ask me? Have you ever had that experience? Maybe it was a dad or a sibling. Maybe it was a boss at work. Well, why didn't you ask me? Do you realize what is available to us in the supernatural is just one request away? But if you and I are determined to never tap in to the source that's greater than ourselves, we will always be, be trying to handle the things that are so difficult. And, and it's almost like our tool bag. We're missing the right tools to accomplish the job. I had to have something addressed at my house recently. And, and you know, I don't have a lot of tools. I've got a, full, a few tools. And I was looking through, and I just didn't have the right particular saw that needed to that, need, that I needed to handle this. So I asked a friend of mine that I knew had such a, 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 just a plethora of equipment and I just bounced it off. He goes, absolutely, I've got it. I'll bring it right over. God is literally standing, waiting to do the supernatural, to use tools that do not exist in the natural. He's waiting to do only that he can do, but he's looking for someone that would just be willing to lower your pride, to, 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 to submit yourself and say, God, I'm, I'm kind of at a dead end road on this one. I need a miracle and I can't provide that, but I know you can. Elijah said, Elisha, what do you want me to do for you before I leave? Let me have Double your anointing. All he had to do was ask. And if you study this beautiful story and this life, you will find in Scripture that Elisha's miracles that are recorded are literally double of his teacher in Elijah. But it never would have happened, Miss Peggy, if he would not have been willing to just humble himself and say, I'm going to give my best in the natural. And my best in the natural is to ask God for the supernatural. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. So we 
you know, I can kind of feel the conversation with Elisha changing and Elisha's probably ready to, to move on and he's given us incredible wisdom here this morning. But Elisha wants to leave us as Noah did and as Sarah did and as Jacob did. He wants to leave us with just a little bit of encouragement. You want me to tell you who the best people to learn from is? Everybody listen to this. The best people to learn from is not those men and women that tell you what to do, but those that tell you how to do it. Are you tracking with me? Thank God for everybody that wants to tell us what to do, but boy, are we blessed to find a few people that won't just tell you what to do. They'll actually tell you how to do it. The next few minutes will change your life if you'll open up your heart to the word of the Lord today. Elisha would tell you this. I've told you a few things that you need to do. You need to give your best when nobody's watching. You need to give your best when it seems like it's not really making a difference. And you need to give the best in everything that you can do naturally to make a difference. But now, I want to tell you the secret in how to do it. There was a point in Elisha's life that he got a knock on his door and it just happened to be the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. These men were desperate because they were wanting to defeat Moab and they ran out of something that's extremely precious. You would think, well, if they're in a battle, did they run out of ammo? No. Did they run out of men? No. Did they run out of vision and strategy? No. They ran out of water. And they thought to themselves, is there anybody around these parts that can go to God and provide a miracle on our behalf? And someone said, Elisha. He lives just right down here on the other side of the pasture here. And they went and knocked on his door. And they said, we need water, man of God. Would you please go to God on our behalf? We need water. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. For the next few minutes will change your life if you're willing to receive the word of the Lord. If you want to know how to get to where you are to where you want to be in God, you got to do what Elisha did. And Elisha said, before I could ever go to God on your behalf, I've got to go to God for myself in worship. Elisha would tell you, you need to learn how to cultivate the presence of God in your life. Second Kings chapter 3, Elisha said, you want water? You need, you need water. And you want me to go to God? This is what he said, bring me a harpist. Bring me a harpist. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry, prophet. I guess you've kind of gotten so old, you're kind of crazy. We didn't ask for a concert. We need water. Bring me a harpist. Uh, you, you, you've kind of lost your mind. Have you not had your coffee today, preacher? We don't ask for a worship set. We don't need a musician we need water because we're in a battle against Moab. Bring me a harpist. 
And while Elisha worshipped, and while he got into the presence of God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and gave him his word for those kings. If you want to get from where you are to where you dream of going, it starts with getting into the presence of God. It doesn't come through strategy. It doesn't come through vision. It comes through being in the presence of God. Miracles, are, are they are conceived in the presence of God. If you want to get an upper hand, if you want to get ahead of the crowd, if you want to get your foot in front of someone else on the, on the, on the jockeying of life for a promotion, you don't have to work overtime. You need to spend time in the presence of God. Somebody say prayer. Somebody say worship. Somebody say praise. If you want the secret sauce that changes everything, it's being in the presence of God. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that when they saw Peter and John, they didn't see anyone special. They saw ordinary, normal men. But they also recognized that these men had been with Jesus. If you're wanting to make a difference, if you're wanting to stand out, it's not how you dress, it's not how you walk, it's not how you talk, it's being in the presence of God. It puts an aura on you, it puts a glow on you. When the Holy Spirit is alive in you, it puts something down deep inside of a man that will advance someone much further than they could ever do on their own. It's being in the presence of the Lord. Elisha would say, you need to get into his presence. Bring me a harpist. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 16, as the worship music is playing and as the harpist is leading Elisha into the very presence of God, he said, I have a word for you. You say you need water. And the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me to tell you this. Go dig ditches. Now we know you've lost your mind, prophet. Not only did you think you needed a worship song to give us a miracle, but now you're telling us to go dig ditches. We don't need shovels and ditches. We need water. And the man of God said, I've been with him. I've been in his presence. And what you need is to dig ditches. Because at some point, here's the words of encouragement from Elisha. At some point, you're going to have to move from inspiration to participation. You're going to have to wake up and do something for God. You know how many people are guilty of this? They want God to do something for them. And God's saying, the secret for me to do something for you is you doing something for me. I'll send you water, but I need you to go dig ditches. Because if you're not prepared to hold what I'm pouring out, it's pointless. You need to work on the front end to play on the back end. You need to put in the time now 
to be able to enjoy what I've got coming down line in your life. Somebody said it this way. You're looking for a harvest, but yet you've not planted one seed. You're looking for something good to happen, but you've not set yourself up in the right posture to receive it. I need this marriage restored. Have you asked her out on a date? I need my kids to come home. Have you put them back into your contact list? Give your best in the natural to where God can do the supernatural. Can I get an amen this morning? Miracles, they have to move from just good ideas. They've got to move from good thoughts and they've got to move into participation. Why? Because James tells us in chapter number two that faith by itself, if it's not accompanied with action, it's dead. Why? Because faith is active. Faith works. Faith goes and creates what it's believing for and God makes up the difference. Dig a ditch. And they start complaining. Why in the world will we dig a ditch to hold rain when there's not a cloud in the sky? And Elisha's final words for us as we conclude this service today is don't base your life on the seen, but on the unseen. This is what Elisha tells him. For this is what the Lord says. You won't see any rain. You won't feel any wind. But this valley will be filled with water. And you and your cattle and all of your livestock will drink from those ditches. And matter of fact, if you'll dig those ditches, you won't only have water, but God's going to give you Moab. They thought that what they were asking God for was what they were missing, which was water. And what God was willing to do for them is if they would be obedient, he would not only give them what they thought they needed, but he would give them total victory even over Moab. But the question is, will you partner with God in seeing your miracle come to pass? Will you join with him? And allow him to do something miraculous in your life. You got to keep digging ditches when it don't even call him for rain in the forecast. How does that apply today? You got to keep showing up to work when the promotion is not even announced that it's available. You got to keep loving when you don't even feel like love's being reciprocated. You got to keep trying when it seems like it's not even worth trying anymore. Keep digging ditches. Because if God sees you as someone that he can trust, and if he sees you as someone that understands obedience, if he sees you and he witnesses you being faithful and committed, I promise you the clouds will roll in and they will start pouring blessings that you cannot contain. And God's goodness will chase you down and his mercy will follow you all the days of your life. You won't be able to keep the blessings of God off your life if you're willing to give your best wherever you are.
stand this morning. Let's clap our hands one more time to Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 4. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Why? Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Say it with me. We walk by faith, not by sight. What would they say? Walk by faith. Work by faith. Give by faith. Love by faith. Go by faith. Let everything that you do be done through the source of faith. Remind me again, Pastor Tommy, what is faith? Believing with all of your heart that God is who He says He is and that He can do what He says He can do. Live by faith. Bow your heads this morning. Father, this series has brought us to this point today. Seeing the great connection between what is divine and what is natural. We have access to a source that brings about the supernatural. But we must connect to it. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, on this final Sunday of this month, Lord, I just speak confidence and courage over every couple, family, individual, adult and child in this service today to live believing that you are who you say you are and that you you can do what your word says you can do so by faith we shall finish our race with excellence and I pray this in Jesus name amen and amen Let's clap our hands in closing today. I love you so much. And I thank you to be in here on this holiday weekend. And I want you to enjoy yourselves today and tomorrow. Be mindful. Give honor to those that have created this freedom that we all love and cherish so much. For today, I want to invite you to join me next door for our graduate reception. If you're a guest here, I want you to know that uh, you're welcome here. Be at home today. And you may not know a graduate, but why don't you step across next door with us and meet a few people, get a cup of coffee with us. We'd love to welcome you and greet you there. God bless you. You're dismissed to our reception.